0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 27, as the New York Rangers are sitting second in the Metro over the Washington Capitals with the same amount of games played, and things are looking okay as Pittsburgh and Boston keep creeping up the standings, and they just win every single game that they play, and just causing unneeded stress in my life as a New York Rangers fan,
0: so I got to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been a really cold week here in New York, uh, so I'm thankful that my toes haven't fallen off yet. And like you said, the rain, with the games being so late, I've, I've been lucky to watch the first period of some of them um, and only to catch the replay the next day, uh, depending on how, how favorable the score was. And yeah, the Rangers continue to be a bit of a seesaw. You know, they drop one, they win the next one, they drop the next one, they win the next one. So hopefully it, that should mean they're due for a win uh, against the Sharks, but their they're, Sharks are a tough out, man. They're a tough team right now. Um, so yeah, uh, luckily, they like you said, they banked all those points early, so they're sitting pretty in the second spot in, in the division, but uh, Pittsburgh coming in, in real hot and real fast and with games in hand. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rangers slip down a little bit, but. Hey, you know, they banked all those points early. And now that they're going through some hardship with uh, guys in and out of COVID protocol and just not being able to some roster experimentation with uh, the taxi squad and guys from Hartford. uh, Yeah, I think they're they at least put themselves in a good position to weather a little adversity in a storm. And so even if for the next little while, while they're hurt, they play around 500 hockey, you're not worrying too much. You know, you see they could obviously. Slip in the standings, but you just, as long as they're in a playoff spot, that's all I really care about. I don't care if they win the division or if they sneak in the last wild card spot. I just would like them to make the playoffs. So,
1: yeah, you and I spoke about this a little bit earlier today. Looking at the New York Rangers, the only spot I personally wouldn't want is the second wild card. I just think drawing Carolina in the first round would just be really, really tough. Like we said last podcast, Carolina is one of the most Balanced, you know, well put together teams in the National Hockey League. And, excuse me, given the New York Rangers' history against them, recent history against them in the bubble where they just like embarrassed us, where we didn't even look like we belonged in the NHL, I just really worry about, you know, that. I don't know, like, it, it's probably irrational. Obviously, diff- completely different team. Even Carolina's team is different. You know, Tony D'Angelo's on the other side of the ice. Like, it, it's, it's one of those things where they, that scarred me. I mean that that series really scarred me. It it put a sour taste in my mouth that I don't think the Rangers could ever beat Carolina in the playoffs, and that and that's complete overreaction and and complete emotional meltdown on my part. But there's no way that you could go into a series right now playing the Carolina Hurricanes and feel good at the chan- at the chances that the New York Rangers have of beating them, especially in seven games. I mean. Not only do I think the Rangers would lose that series, but they could lose that series in three games. I think the Rangers might not even show up for the fourth game that's how nervous I am, and that's how big of an impact that last bubble series had an imp- you know had on me personally Andy so I know it's an overreaction, but you know like you mentioned before, you know if if we the two three and we had to play washington, I'm fine with that. I'd be a little scared of Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is one of the more Sleeping one of the more dangerous teams and just a sleeping giant in this league, so th- there's so many scenarios, and you obviously can't pick your poison uh because you'll regret it in the end, but you know looking at the the playoff picture is looking i mean i i I would imagine the teams are set, but the spots are pretty much up for grabs
0: with just yeah just the way things seem like they'll shake out here, it seems like they will play either one of uh the Canes or I don't, you know, I will Florida end up in that first place in the Atlantic, uh, potentially, but obviously the Maple Leafs have, are having a real strong season too. So I also would not be surprised to see them in that spot. Uh, and just with the, the way things are going, I just don't think the Rangers are going to fit, finish two or three. So yeah, uh, I too, am still kind of scarred from that, that series. Cause if you remember the Rangers pretty much, uh, owned Carolina in the regular season and then just, Obviously, when it came time to play, uh, play a playoff brand of hockey, the, the Rangers wilted and Carolina did not. And I think that's also compounded by the fact that we haven't faced Carolina yet this season. So you don't really know how they match up yet or how they look. Um, and yeah, it's, it's weird. It's where the Rangers came on very strong early in the season, hence why they banked all those points. I feel like other teams are fin- finally like, settling into their push and finding their footing Whereas the Rangers are faltering a little bit and stumbling, um, pro- I would definitely probably rather have it this way, considering the youth on this team and just kind of uh, asserting themselves early and then maybe struggling right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, regardless, uh, I'll be I, like I said, I'll just I just want the Rangers to make the playoffs. I don't necessarily need them to win around. If they do, that would be awesome. But uh, but yeah, I just don't want it to be demoralizing. <laughs> just, you know, you just want to at least have it be somewhat competitive or them have a, a puncher's chance, you know what I mean? But just like you said, right now, uh the Canes might be the, one of the most balanced teams in the league. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Uh but uh yeah, I I think right now we're it's we're, as fans we're kind of putting the cart before the horse and luckily I think Rangers uh repeatedly say they're putting it one game just the game that's in front of them one game at a time. And I think that's kind of uh speaking to a little bit to their up and down record right now and because they one game they look pretty woeful and the next they look like they really executing the things they talked about and then they feel good about themselves and then they forget to execute and make some mistakes and then you know but uh yeah i don't know Uh, they we have to get through this little bit of this rough uh patch we're going through right now if we want to be in this conversation because it is not outside the realm of the possibility if the rangers have a, a poor stretch going to the home stretch who knows anything can happen in this league so Well, I guess it's a good thing
1: that five, four and one in the last 10, we call that a rough stretch. It's just been, you know, really tough with COVID and and some of our um, non COVID injuries. And, and, you know, it's, it's been nice though, to see some of the younger talent get a little bit of playing time. I know now there's hype uh, that Schneider might be in the lineup. So, you know, you're kind of hoping that, you know, he gets in and he gets some playing time and just kind of see what he has. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, Andy, and, and I don't know how the players feel, but it's getting to the time where the rumors will start to float around about who's going to be you know, buyers and who's going to be sellers at the deadline. Um, there's a lot of teams, I th- more so in the West, I feel like, that the two wild cards are kind of up for grabs. But I, I have a couple questions about the teams out of the East. Um Mainly because I feel like Detroit is just doesn't have the gas to go all the way. You know, 37 points in 37 games, they're just kind of too far behind. And I think Boston and Pittsburgh is, is too good. And the Rangers have too many, you know, points banked over, you know, Detroit to really falter to that point where Detroit would then leapfrog the Rangers in a wildcard spot. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, Andy, you know, I look at teams like Pittsburgh and Boston. And, you know, even Washington, let's just say they falter too, right? They've been very good for a very long time. And, you know, uh, Pittsburgh has gotten their cups. Washington has their Stanley Cup. And I know those teams, you know, feel like they have a, you know, a chance in this battle. And of course they do. But do you see them being buyers and sellers or are these teams really not in a position to be making a big buy like I feel like who who are who can these teams like bring in are they in cap hell do you know anything about that because I I I just I don't know I, I feel like if we are buyers at the deadline we're definitely better than those teams
0: yeah you know it's tough I mean in a lot I would say that based on how a team like Pittsburgh has performed they just got Malkin back which i think based on the fact that they have a very a non-existent farm system i think for them that is their acquisition that they've put themselves in a the good spot and now they get Evgeny getting malkin back so i i don't i don't think if you see them add anyone i don't think it's going to come at the cost of like a an expensive like a Tomash hurdle and, and dropping a first round pick um you know i'm not really too familiar with right now uh washington's cap situation i would imagine they are tight <laughs> um but i could be wrong you know i do i do wonder uh you know the bruins have signed Tuca for back for like a million dollars which obviously helped them um and they they're a team that might look to upgrade in some positions but uh again i'm not really sure i i just it's i think if i i think the atlantic is are the teams that will most likely try to make some things happen but like you said i mean detroit is technically rebuilding i don't think they would be stupid enough to um to trade in away any assets right now. I think they see the trajectory they're on. The fact that they're in striking distance is just a testament to, you know, that their rebuild is kind of humming along. Uh and yeah, you have to imagine the Flyers understand the writings on the wall here now. But I guess the big the big the one team I do look at is the Islanders. I mean, as long as Lou L- Lamarella was in charge, I could see them throwing out assets, right? To try to make a push. They've only played 28 games. Um, it's a, it is a, it, it's a hail Mary type situation for them, but um, yeah, wouldn't at would be this point, The Islanders just got to be happy with completing a full season. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, they've, they listen, they, they should be happy because they're in th- not happy, but so they're in 13th place with 26 points uh, above their tie with Buffalo was 26 points. The only difference is the Islanders have played 28 games and Buffalo has played uh 35. So, <laughs> And somehow Buffalo is ahead of the Senators who've only played 29 games in fairness, so they'll probably pull ahead of them. And the Canadians who have played 34 games and have 18 points. Man, man, oh man, are the Canadians bad this year. Um, But, you know, I guess they'll get a shot of Shane Wright or, uh, you know, Brad Lambert, or one of those uh, characters. Um, But yeah, I mean, as for... I could see, you know, Carolina has been pretty shrewd the last few seasons. I do wonder if they'll add... um, uh but again they're so balanced, it's just like what do you really need more of there? You know, so and I know their their owner is a notorious cheapskate, so I don't know, maybe they just stand pat. Uh I think the West is a little bit more wide open. You'll probably see a lot more buyers out coming from out West. I mean uh I would imagine that Edmonton clearly is probably gonna sign to Vander Kane here today. So uh they're desperately trying to make the playoffs they're only i think two points out right now and they actually have games in hand on the sharks in that last wildcard spot but uh yeah like right now la's in third in the pacific so i mean they're a team that'll probably try to add considering their youth and they have some stuff to play with um the ducks uh yeah i don't know i feel like it's so early in the ducks rebuild i don't know if they have the stomach to trade assets considering where they are. you know if anything i still think they end up moving a guy like campus Lindholm. but whether that comes now or comes in the offseason i don't know but yeah i think vegas has no cap they're getting nickel they're going to have to trade some players away just to make the salary work apparently so but yeah then that leaves obviously the the preds uh who surprisingly you know are at the top of the central which is pretty wild to me but you know they've been playing good hockey recently and i think a lot of people had them written out like they were finally going to peter out and they've really uh, come together, when Yossi's having an excellent season. And uh, yeah, they won. Uh, they uh, they won an OT against uh, the Abs the other night. It was pretty impressive. So um, yeah, they're they're a good team. So the Abs, the Blues, and the Preds. I could all see them trying to bolster their rosters. So yeah, I think it, it's easier to predict more buying going on in in the Western uh, Conference. But uh, yeah, again, you say that, and then some. GM decides, you know what, I'm going for it. I'm going rogue, or some GM says, you know what, we've done enough. We're going to kind of stand pat. And uh, even though they're adding Evander Kane, I am now seeing that there was a quote from from uh, Ken Holland saying that, like for the most part, he thinks the answer's in the room, and he's probably not going to trade away a first round pick. So, but we'll see. I mean, you know, guys like Kessel will be floating around. Uh, you have to wonder what happens with Claude Giroux. You have, to, I don't know, if the Sharks' current standing trade, you know, that makes it. uh difficult for them to want to trade uh, a Tomas hurdle at least in season so it's hard it's hard to tell but you know there's plenty of other teams like you know I don't know what Pavelski wants to do in Dallas or uh yeah or some of the other players on uh you know Seattle picked up a bunch of guys you would imagine with the express purchase uh purpose of flipping so who knows if Giordano goes somewhere we know Chiran's being shopped so yeah lots of lots of teams that seem to be willing to sell whereas i I feel like honestly the teams Outside of maybe in the east, outside that aren't in the picture, probably the Canadians will probably sell. Um, Ottawa maybe will will let a Connor Brown walk or or you know flip him. But the fly yeah the Flyers and the Canadians are the only ones who I think are really like you know we need to start selling here because we need to we have to retool our team. Yeah yeah, it's just
1: you know it, it's so it's so weird. Just I feel like this year more than ever, and I, I maybe it's just because we had the two kind of pandemic weird seasons and and here we are in the first full 82 game season that we've had in a while it just feels like there's a new chapter in the nhl right now and it's it's getting interesting to see some of these teams that you like i you know we we both have kind of written off you know the panthers are you know one of the better teams in the nhl uh carolina hurricanes are now you know, a, like a Stanley Cup favorite. You have, you know, the West is just a crapshoot now, you know, with Nashville stepping up. Uh, you know, Vegas is a contender after making it to the Stanley Cup final and then kind of petering out a little bit. The Ducks are involved. LA's involved. Minnesota's involved. You know, San Jose kind of making a resurgence here, you know, in the middle of the season. Uh, Edmonton's kind of on its way out. Calgary, You know, it's still, you know, kind of fighting, lingering on. It's just it's just a weird season with how it is right now. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at, you know, I I wanted to bring this up when you mentioned Edmonton, but you you take Edmonton, for instance. Right. For me, if I'm Connor McDavid, and I know it's obviously different if you're signed to this team, you're part of this organization, you're the face of the franchise, you've grown an attachment to the the community. I I just feel like if I'm Connor McDavid, it's over after this year. Like, I'm done. Like, we've done nothing since I've gotten here. You've given me nothing. We have one line, and everything's just been a shit show ever since. I got to ask you, Andy. If you're Connor McDavid, you got to be thinking, how the hell do I get out of here?
0: Yeah, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs this year... And we said this last year, and it didn't happen. But again, they made you know they bring in Ken Holland, and he makes all these promises like, "No, we're going for it. We're going to find it, and we will figure it out." And then they make a bunch of dumb acquisitions like Duncan Keith, and you know, I don't know. They yes, they bring in Hyman, which is good, but they're they don't do nothing to to. Since Connor has been there, they have never done anything to bring in an actual. They they keep rolling with Mike Smith for God knows who's now you know why. You know they brought in Cam Talbot, uh, getting him from the Rangers at a sweetheart of a deal, no less, and it just didn't work out for them. Although Talbot has at least proven to be, uh, you know, competent backup. You know we know now that he's probably not a starter uh, starting material. Although he was good early on when he got there, but then he just kind of petered out and had some you know troubles. But um, yeah, they they've never gotten him. uh, You know they've never given him any depth to work with him and Leon. They have never. You know, they gave Darnell Nurse, uh, Kale McCarr and Adam Fox money (laughs) like, I you know, it's just it just continues to you know boggle the mind. They traded away Taylor Hall for Adam Larson years ago, you know, all the, the many moons ago. It's just at every point they've just have it. They've failed to to do things that, you know, when you have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, you don't need as much as other teams. You know what I mean? You can you can either stack them when you need a goal you put them on the same power play and your power plays are already always taken care of really. And then you just try to play them on separate lines, you know, and let them, you know, and yes, they've had good players like Nuge and Hyman and, but you know, they obviously a lot of it was made of when they, when they lost to the Rangers the other night where how they were just pumping Ryan Strom tires and how McDavid was so upset about it. Cause Strom was such a, clearly such a, a, a fun loving guy in that room and how good he's played here. And he was just kind of, he was basically just having the worst shooting percentage, uh, season of his career. So, you know, and Ryan, Ryan Spooner came in to the Rangers on a, a shooting bend, you know, PDO bender. So perfect, uh, you know, swap by Gordon while the, the getting was good, but yeah, it's just they, at this point, you know, he's, you know, Connor's 24 years old. Um, he just turned 24 a couple days ago, right? Or no, I'm sorry. He, tomorrow's his birthday. He turns 25 tomorrow. Uh so <laughs> you know he's going to be 25 years old like five five year you'd be 5 years away from turning 30 and you haven't had any deep runs in your career Crosby had already won a cup by this time right I think so, he I mean, already
1: he I think he's only won yeah, one and, series and I they I forgot they beat the sharks one random year like Oh, like oh, great! I I wrote an article for the morning skate, wrote a blog for them, and I wrote you know the NHL uh, McDavid. You know it's a problem basically for the NHL that McDavid hasn't been successful in the postseason. Like it's a problem for the NHL because this is a guy you want playing in the Stanley Cup final. Like this is who you want to see. You want to see you know McDavid versus Ovechkin. Like McDavid versus you know Crosby. You know you know that's what the NHL needs and the fact that he can't get there because he plays for an incompetent organization (laughs) is not good for the league. You know, it's, you know, you don't want LeBron James not making it to the NBA finals. Like he's good for the game, love it or hate it. you, You want him there. And it's just, it's such a shame. And, and in the blog, I wrote that he never won a series and it's because I totally forgot that he won one series. And like, I'm like, you're proving my point. He's won one series, and that's what you're arguing. Like, this is the point I'm making, is that it, he's just forgettable. He's just good <clears> for 82 games, and then you can forget the postseason because he's irrelevant. And it's just sad, Andy. It's, it's I mean, I
0: think one of the things is that, especially being – and they talked about this when Crosby was kind of in his prime. We know Crosby's probably going to retire with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know what I mean? They're They're right. still looking competitive to this day. He's his legacy there is kind of cemented. Um, and it's you just don't with him being from Nova Scotia, you never felt this like, oh, he has to play for the Maple Leafs type thing that you kind of had with some other Ontario born guys, or you know, Austin Matthews will one day play for the Arizona Coyotes. You can already book it, but I don't know with Connor. I think it's hard being the best player in the world because the guy trading you, if he wants to keep his job, has to get absolute value for you if you're the best player in the league and it's such a steep price tag because connor if you're trading 20 the 25 year old best player in the world you have to get the equivalent of maybe and i I, don't talk to me about like you can't use the wayne gretzky trade as a comparable because a lot of that was also getting an influx of money as well which is different now to you know the teams that are paying for connor with the salary cap it's not about getting like cash up front it's not like to pat you're not patting your pockets by you know like peter pocklington in edmonton uh you you need to get the equivalent of at least like four or five first rounders you know what i mean like if the rangers wanted to do it you know kako goes lafreniere goes uh, Zabadja probably has a no trade clause, right? So he can't go. Um, I don't know. Everyone who's not staple to the ground, you probably Schneider probably would go, or potentially Keandre Miller. You know, you're, you're, off. you're you know, crafts off, and probably a first on top of that. So it's just like it's like a ridiculous the, the the cost would be ridiculous. You know what I mean? And I still don't the, Ra- even the Rangers, and I, I would there. say the Ranger. What's up?
1: And I what don't, don't even think Edmonton wins on that you're you're trading away the best player best player exactly day. and that's, that's ever ever the
0: problem yeah and that's the and that hence the problem because it's an unwinnable trade and anything close to a ridiculous overpayment is you know i mean if i look at the teams that could maybe make it work it's probably the rangers uh carolina potentially and maybe LA in terms of the number of sheer assets or maybe the Ottawa senators. I don't know. Although does Edmonton want to trade McDavid to the Ottawa, the league would, would, would say would try to facilitate Connor coming, uh, stateside. It would be pretty interesting to see Jack versus Connor in LA and, and, uh, Vegas. I will say that, um, I wouldn't like it, but, but yeah, it would be very funny if much like Gretzky, uh, Connor got traded to the LA Kings, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean it's just again, it's you can't there's it's almost like an unwinnable trade for Ken Holland and you know, I think when you're trading him, you basically I don't know, you'd have to hope I don't know what his relationship is like with ownership there because it's kinda I don't know, it can usually be a death knell for your career if you let it get to, if it, you let it get to the point where Connor McDavid requests a trade on your watch. Like, I don't know what that says about your job security.
1: I mean if if he's it, it, the job security should be gone like there should be no security we, given with the way Edmonton is right now if he, Connor wants to leave it, it that that should be the least shocking thing to happen in Edmonton this season if Connor's like you know what I'm done I'm 25 we're not even close I, in my eyes if I, I'm out of here
0: Vegas has a run here And Eichel plays well, even if they don't win, like even if they just go far, if they make it to like the Western Conference final or the Stanley Cup final and lose. I mean, what a what a ringing endorsement that is for Connor that, you know what, Jack gave it his all and the organization just never, never gave him the support he needed. And clearly then it came to even ahead with this medical stuff and he bet on himself and he made the hard decision and it clearly came with a lot of pain. But now you see him and he's in Vegas and he's playing competitive hockey on a marquee stage. And I don't know how that doesn't light a fire under your ass. You know what I mean? If if Eichel ends up winning a cup before McDavid, you know? Like, so, yeah, the man. The only thing I don't that know. Edmonton uh, again, has going for them... We keep saying... there are, Well, I was going to say, the only thing is, Edmonton
1: yeah. has going for them is that Connor McDavid's kind of like a robot. He's got a little bit of like... Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg in him, where he's just kind of weird, and <laughs> I feel like maybe he's just not interested in winning a Stanley Cup. Like he's just perfectly content, perfectly happy, just going out and playing the game of hockey. Very I appreciative of his opportunity to do that in Edmonton, and whatever happens, happens. That I mean, I could see yeah. that,
0: but well, I mean, know. we we do know he has gone to management and basically given them ultimatums about like we you know we need to have, and you can never here's the thing you can never say and that's what i love is that now that it's all this stuff comes out that he needs to be better or he needs to change his game fuck you like are you kidding me he's by he is this with he is undebatably the best player in the world so it's not so like what he, you're you're mad so if and all this proves I'm is not that not hockey yet. again Remains a team sport (laughs) and I just don't all these people with these takes, whether it's John Tortorella or the Edmonton media where it's just like he doesn't want it enough or you know, he's not, you know, the power play is not going or he needs to play better to he should be just committing himself to strictly defense when he's on the ice. But you have no one to score goals there. It's just it's just insanity. He is the best player in the world without a doubt. And this and arguably one of the maybe another guy who's could be p- potentially be the second best player in the world is on his team too. So I mean, I I do wonder if that means they could tr- end up trading Dry Seidel for help. Like we get a bona fide defenseman by trading Leon, uh, and also some like depth scoring on top of that. You know? Yeah, I, I like, listen, uh, I, I definitely you know
1: I definitely think they, they if you need that, if you, they need
0: no, go ahead. I would, no, I was going to say, you know, you have to wonder, uh, you know, if a team like San Jose is like trying to shed salary and you were like, we'll trade you, um, you know, we'll trade you Leon Dreisaitl for, and I'm sure he has a no trade clause, so you can get at me, but we'll trade Leon Dreisaitl for uh, Brent Burns or Eric Carlson and uh, Tomasz Hurdle. Or something you know what i mean like although i guess if you're trading mcdavid are you rebuilding at this point or dry sidle if you're trying to keep connor happy like i don't know that's a trade you have to have like in the hopper so when he goes into your office to say i'm leaving you say look look here's the trades this is this will be your teammates next year you know what i mean like i don't know it's just such a mess like it's it's ridiculous that they're in the position they are and that again and we're talking about it again and yeah, I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying the Rangers are the most shrewd run organization in the league, but you know, they they the fact that they were able to retool like they did all, th- you know, they as they were exiting their contention window, uh Edmonton should have been ascending and they just lapped them, which is ridiculous. So,
1: it yeah, you know, and it's just I don't know. I look around the league, right? You look at the best players of uh the you know the kind of generation that's on their way out, you look at the Crosbys, the Ovechkins. I just feel like they had an aura to them where you knew eventually that they were going to win, right? Crosby kind of left no doubt winning multiple Stanley Cups. Ovechkin finally got his cup, and there's a player that you can actually say maybe he was a little bit more concerned about his own personal numbers, uh, rather than you know playing a full team game he kind of got beat up on it, but ultimately got the job done. And, you know, now he's kind of chasing, you know, one of Wayne Gretzky's, you know, most sacred, you know, records of, you know, goals all time. It's just, uh, it's a different feel there. Uh, you know, look around the league, there's, you know, if you want to look at even, um, God, I'm trying to think of like someone even, even on their way out. I mean, LA obviously ha- had a bunch of cups, but they don't really have anybody that's like still there. You know, I, you know, quick got his Stanley Cups, He was a huge part of that, that, uh, that team and Kopitar and Yeah. They still like have that, Kopitar
0: but, and and, jo- and Dustin Brown, I guess. Yeah.
1: Right. And you know, I don't know. I just feel like the faces of the NHL, you know, were Crosby and Ovechkin for a while. You know, the next generation, you're kind of like, who, who's it going to be like, who's going to step up? You know, Tampa, again, won multiple Stanley Cups, but I feel like they're just so well balanced that there's not that guy that you're like, oh, like he's going to get a Stanley Cup. You know, they were just a really good team, great coach, great organization, you know, next man up mentality. And, you know, they were able to, you know, capture and, and get two Stanley Cups after a well put together team. Uh, that were it was just, you know, perfectly balanced and, and took advantage of, uh, you know, good timing. And they were able to get two Stanley Cups, you know, and, and then now you look at the league right now, and I feel like the Stanley Cup is up for grabs. And there's really not, a, you know, you could say Tampa again, you could say Florida, you could say Carolina, but you know, none of these teams are, are, you know, a, a lock to win it. And I just feel like, Connor McDavid and Matthews are next up on the on the uh, on the scale of uh, you know when are they going to get their Stanley Cup right? The conversation yeah. is now no longer Crosby and Ovechkin; it's more about you know McDavid, uh, Matthews, uh, McKinnon, uh, and then I guess you can even put Eichel in that conversation now. Now that he's kind of on a bona fide uh, Stanley Cup contending team, so. Again, it's just, uh, it's just interesting. And, you know, as the years pass and the generation, you know, kind of passes the torch to the next generation, it's very interesting to see what, which players are going to step up, which players are going to get that Stanley cup. And, you know, could it be a team out of nowhere, like the New York Rangers who, you know, there are, you know, led by a, a group of guys rather than, you know, having that one face of the organization. I don't know,
0: Andy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible, and, but again, to your point, um, yeah, you need to show your face in the playoffs, show your stuff in the playoffs, because that's kind of where you, you really write your legacy. Um, yeah, and I do want to continue talking about the playoffs, but before we do that, I want to talk about other playoffs. Uh, the NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Wow, okay. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Again, bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. And that's with promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older to enter. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you, James, for uh, bearing with me for my DraftKings uh, promo code read of the week. Um, Yeah, as we're recording this, I feel like uh, Rangers-related news is dropping every second. I mean although at the moment things seem to be quiet. We have uh, additions to the taxi squad. Uh, Justin Richards was recalled for the taxi squad today. I don't know if that means he'll play. I don't know why we've seen guys kind of shuffle in or out. Are they paper transactions? Are they financial transactions? I'm not really sure, but I think obviously I do want to talk about the biggest news for, uh, for the moment is that the Rangers have sent down Nils Lundqvist to the AHL and they've recalled Braden Schneider. So I did want to get your thoughts on this move. Do you think it's the wrong move? Do you think it's the right move? Uh, how, how are your thoughts on how this is all uh, playing out right now?
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of like it, you know, and, you know, I hope Nils doesn't take it personal as in, you know, he's just not good enough to play at this level. I just think if the Rangers are going to experiment with some of the other younger defensemen and listen, the Rangers are also a business and they have a ton of assets and they kind of need to see what they have in each of these assets. Now, does that put pressure on the players to kind of step up and and maybe uh, put themselves in a position where the organization doesn't see that they're a multi-year project to step in? Yeah, kind of does a little bit. But I think everyone saw Nils for exactly what he was. I, I think everyone knows that the talent is there. It's just, uh, it's tough. When you're putting some of these young assets uh, and prospects on the third pairing with, honestly, guys that probably shouldn't be playing in the NHL and Nemeth and Tenordi and, and Hayek, and it's it's got it's tough on them. But at the same time, if you want to develop, it's better to develop playing twenty five minutes a night in the AHL than it is to play ten minutes in the NHL with a guy that kind of stinks so for me, I look at it as that they didn't lose trust in him it's just that they kind of want to rotate these guys in and out see what they got out of some of them and it's important for them to you know to keep complain keep playing minutes it's not going to do him any good playing on a taxi squad or kind of riding the bench and and being that seventh man waiting for an injury to happen or a COVID situation to happen, you know, those those kids need to play. And, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, Andy, but you know, I feel like a lot of fans these days are just so impatient that they, you know, automatically write off getting sent to the AHL as almost punishment. Where realistically, it's kind of a reward, right? They want to see you play. They want you to be a part of the organization. It's just that you know, there's no purpose in you playing 10 minutes a night and struggling where you can, you know, play 25 minutes, be a leader and kind of develop your game and find your game and get comfortable again. So, uh, for me, it's a a good thing. I don't even, I'm not even thinking twice about it. He'll be back for sure. Unless he gets traded in some big trade and that'll be an unfortunate, uh, you know, asset that the Rangers have to let go. So, um, Yeah, it's it's a good problem to have, but unfortunately, individually, it's it's tough on these players. So, uh, you know, I I think he'll be back, though.
0: Yeah, you know, it's definitely interesting that they kept uh, Jones on the taxi squad up, but yeah, I I agree that at this point, if this was always the plan, then that's great. You know, you get Nils some time early. Uh, I think Nils, I don't think he equated uh, equated equated himself poorly at all here with the Rangers. I think he looked pretty much like a young. Uh, green defenseman kind of learning the ropes and there was times where he started looking like he was looking better and then he was out with like a little injury and then he came back and it was kind of started and stopped and it just yeah I think he had one poor showing especially and I think it was with uh you know I'm sure it was with Libor Hayek or Nemeth or something who hasn't exactly done much to insulate him or Tenorti for that matter. And yeah, I just think send them down to Hartford and let them do exactly what Jack, Zach do- Jones did. And Schneider did. And just play, play minutes, play minute, you know, when instead of like, all right, penalty killing times here, we're, we're leaving you on the bench, go kill penalties, play none. The first power play, get your swagger up, you know, just play the game at a speed. that's a little bit more manageable for you and just get better. And, uh, Obviously, now that Schneider's here, I w- cannot wait to see him in action. Um, I again, I don't know what help it does to staple him next to Patrick Nemeth, right? Or even worse, like a Tenori. Um, but yeah, you have to wonder at some point will we see Jones and Schneider on a pairing together? Especially if if Schneider looks, uh, we know Jones is comfortable playing either side. So if Schneider looks comfortable on you know on the right, does that mean they're going to put? Uh, Zach Jones on the left. I'm not sure, but again, I hope we see that. That's kind of fan casting, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Schneider obviously is a little bit more physically suited for the NHL, but he's still young and he's still very green. So, yeah, who knows how he'll how he'll seem? You know, and from the preseason games early on, he looked pretty solid. You know, not, not nothing world beating, but he just looked kind of steady Eddie, and with occasional heavy hit. You know, so. And I mean I the good thing is having that presence that like much like Truba you have to keep your head up when he's out there having that on two pairings especially if you're getting hit more frequently from more physical defensemen it kind of yeah makes things makes you think twice so who knows that's his biggest uh, one of his biggest assets so hopefully we get to see it here at the NHL level we already know he's a, a very good skater for his size and uh yeah that he's got a little bit of a physical edge so I'm excited to see how he acquits himself but again, I hope, you know, if you put them, you stick them with the Nemeth or Tenorti, I'm not expecting him to look all that great. But who knows? Maybe he looks, for whatever reason, he looks comfortable and steady with them and it it works out. So, but we'll see. Well, I got
1: two questions for you,
0: Andy. Go ahead. All
1: right. So part one of this question is, you know, obviously we spoke about the Rangers possibly make, well, definitely will end up probably making a move at the trade deadline with Schneider getting called up, and obviously Jones is playing a little bit here and there, and uh, Nil started the season, goes to the AHL. Do you think that one of those three players will be traded, and management is kind of getting a glimpse at all three players, and they have to make a decision of who they feel most comfortable letting go in a trade?
0: Uh, I think one of Jones and or Lungfist is getting traded. I don't think Schneider's getting traded. Schneider is a six foot plus defenseman who skates well from Saskatoon who likes to throw hits. So, when they, they, you know, they can't see anything the amount of lubriderm that's like floating around the GM's office with when it comes to when they think about uh, Brayden Schneider's future. Um, But I just think, in terms of maybe a slightly smaller puck moving defenseman, I think they think there's a redundancy there having both Jones and, uh, Lungfist and not listen. Lungfist might will probably maybe end up playing at six foot, potentially six one, probably one eighty in the NHL, one eighty five. But and he's shown that he's for his age, he can actually be pretty strong and solid. But uh, again, I think, yeah, I just think that the the Rangers have always had this dream of having a a core of big yet still mobile and uh, D you know so um, and Schneider definitely fits that to a T so yeah I think it's one of Jones or or Lungfist is uh, you know will most likely get moved especially for help down the middle. I mean, you know, you, everyone's been saying forever now that the Rangers and LA are great trading partners because the the Kings need defensive prospects, but they have a glut of center prospects and the Rangers need center prospects, but they have a glut of defensive prospects. So, you know, um, who knows if, uh, you know, uh, if I don't know how willing they are to let one of, uh, you know, Turcotte, um, you know, come back the other way or a player of that ilk, but who knows, you know? So my second question is obviously
1: the Rangers brought in Nemeth and Tenardi, you know, Tenardi was kind of part of the whole package of the Rangers need to get tougher to play against. He's a, a fighter. He'll, you know, it'll be tough to play against, you know, when he gets a chance to be in the lineup. But, you know, and then they have Nemeth, who I think they thought would take the role of like a Brendan Smith and kind of be a mentor to whoever they had as that sixth defenseman, whatever prospect, whether that be Nils or or Jones. And which is, you know, fair, but I kind of feel like the experiment is getting a little ridiculous. I think, you know, management probably didn't think they'd be where they are right now, where there kind of is a little bit of pressure to win and win on a consistent basis, where, you know, I think fans and you know they got to be a little frustrated too but do you think their management might be a little too prideful and even the coaching staff too might be a little too prideful to kind of let a combination of either Jones Nils or Jones Schneider to kind of take over as that bottom pairing defenseman knowing that our other options really have not been very good of, of late and you know, you kind of look at, you know, the game that Hayek had the other night where he was just didn't look like he belonged out there. Nemeth has been more of a problem as of lately, as he you know was a little bit more of a steady Eddie in the beginning of the year. Do you think they're too prideful to take those out and kind of just let it be a bunch of kids in that, you know, in that final two spots? Or, you know, do you think they'll kind of ride out the season at least, uh, you know, either with Nemeth or Tenardi?
0: It's hard to say. I mean, Jared Tenorti with his seventh defenseman with the Bruins, I just don't, he, I don't, his acquisition and his playing time, I don't understand at all. Nemeth, I understand, because he's been good on the PK at times, and there's times he has looked fine, but I don't know how many goals now that I've seen him behind the net for some reason, doing God knows who's, you know, knows what, so... You know, I don't, you know, maybe it is pride. Maybe it is, you know, well, you just, you know, all the the fans on Twitter don't understand what, you know, real defensemen need to do. It might be some of that. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just, I could definitely see Nemeth being a a staple and they're just kind of trying to audition who is going to be in that spot next to him, you know? Um, But we'll see. In, In fairness, I will say this, it's been a long season and to in, fair, in credit to Gerard Gallant and Chris Drury or whoever's making these decisions, we, there are times where we have seen them get sat for favor for, you know, a Jones Lundqvist pairing or a Hayek, uh, Lungfus pairing or a Jones, you know, Hayek. So it's not we you know, and obviously there's been injuries at times, but there's also been not, there's just been experimentation. So, you know, so credit to them for being willing to experiment. Um, you know, I mean, obviously if, uh, Brain Schneider can come into the Rangers now and just solidify at least that side on the bottom pairing. Then it becomes much easier because right now that whole pairing is up for grabs and if you can just have you know, solid play from one side of that pairing, you know what I mean? Or decisively solid play, I think it solves a lot of problems. Then they're only well, when you to say push it, one hole. When you say it that way, I think Schneider would
1: have an easier time locking down that spot because his game is more of you know, it's, it's less about moving the puck and creating offensive chances where I kind of feel like Jones and Nils, everyone is comparing them to Fox and, you know, that you want to see them shooting the puck. You, you want to see them creating offensive chances, making, you know, better outlet passes than some of the defensemen that we, you know, we've had in the past, whether that be, you know, Mark stalls and Girardi's and stuff like that. We want, you know, this new age where, you know, Fox can rush the puck or make a, unbelievable outlet pass with
0: perfect timing of a guy you know busting down the wing so it's just harder for them no you're absolutely right and listen i mean unfortunately at the end of the day the eye test still kind of reigns supreme in the nhl and even if you're a guy like zach jones and you have the puck on your stick more and you make more successful you offensive you generate more offense off of your stick off on the rush in the neutral zone on breakout passes and in the offensive zone but in your own end you know the powers that be watching see you get shrugged off at, in a puck battle once or twice, or you know maybe f- unable to to tie up a guy in front. Then on a deflection or something, then that's it, lights out. Or but if you're a Nemeth or a Tenorti or hell even Brian Schneider, and they see you know you're not making you're not generating as much offense, you're not leading the transition as much, so you're spending more time in your own end, and they see you. You know maybe snuff out a couple of fires with your size and your physicality and rub guys out and maybe let other guys set picks and hold guys on the wall so other players can take the puck and then advance up the ice and then you still got a goal well, the result was the same you probably didn't generate as much offense, but you were because of your size you maybe were able to you know you know st- it, the result ended up being the same except you didn't generate as much offense but in the eyes of the people watching, you looked like you acquitted yourself better, even though the raw data would say no you you just they didn't uh, generate as much offense and there were more of the play was in their own end, but they just looked more up the task because of their size. You know what I mean? It's like the whole thing. It's like, well, they throw a lot of hits. It's like, yeah, because they don't have the puck. <laughs> it's that type okay. of thing. So, you know, um, but again, that's not to say, because I, I think Schneider has a pretty good first pass and I think he can really do well here. And I think again, uh, I do think it seems that the Rangers so far this season have done a pretty good job with the youngsters. They, you know, Cocco and Lafreniere, despite maybe not letting the world on fire, seem pretty happy with their playing time and what they're doing, and don't seem dissuaded. And Keandre Miller's clearly taken a step. Yes, he still has his gaffes. He's had two pretty bad ones in the last, their last two losses, but uh, he's still's looking confident. And you know, young players are allowed to make mistakes. That's what, they're young players. F- we have plenty of vets that make mistakes, so why can't young players make mistakes? You know, so. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Braden's getting a shot here and an audition. And, and yeah, hopefully San Jose are a good team, but they're not exactly world beaters. So it's probably a good uh, venue for them to, to try them out in. You know, Obviously the, the biggest challenge for them was hopefully that at this point their biological clocks have adjusted to West Coast time because uh, the game starts pretty late. So hopefully they have some energy and they don't look as listless as they did like they did versus LA.